Under the Helmet. You'll do your thing, all right? Don't be nervous, okay? The show that looks at long-term player value in fantasy football. It's the moment right here. We're going to have to decide what, what type of team we want to be. Building Dynasties each and every week. I don't even know your name. What's your name? Chad Parsons. I'm telling you, man, you're leading the league in hydration. I got a Dynasty team reaping rewards for the next decade. Katie Flower. You may beat me, but you will not outwork me. Tim Torch. There's only one winner, Chad. Find their written and premium audio content at uthdynasty.com. Playing it safe in Dynasty means you're going to lose. Stop talking about it, man. Let's get this going right now. Welcome to Under the Helmet. Look at some long-term player value in fantasy football. I'm your host, Chad Parsons, joined by Katie Flower, the official podcast of uthdynasty.com. And uh, every week you can get the UTH Film Notes podcast. Uh, Lately, when we've had multiple games beyond Sunday, I've been doing a, a bonus show on one of the games, so you get some extended cut of, uh, of film notes as well as some dynasty takes and uh, just thoughts on the players and teams involved in uh, these critical games, and we have to savor every single one as quickly as it starts. Uh, the fantasy regular season is largely over, and we're moving to the playoffs, and pretty soon we'll be to the NFL playoffs, and already did a draft season and wishing we had games again and yearn for the, for the preseason that may or may not be back in some form in 2021. And Katie flower is here. As I mentioned, we're going to be talking about a lot of mindset things, getting ready to the, for the playoffs or shifting over to toilet bowl and, or you just played your last game or as the time of this recording, uh, the game is going to be going on and you know, you're, you're very soon from from your season being over or not based on the results so uh this week really kind of filters down some of your teams to the competitive bucket truly confirmed you're not competitive this year uh and that's what you know you are what your record says you are um type thinking and uh so again this show is just the uh the beginning of the audio content and the overall content for uth uh so so subscribe and you got a full 12 months so basically until you make the playoffs next year in 2021 12 months of content you get to try out the trade calculator get all the rankings articles metrics and uh shows that you need to have your best uh draft uh, rookie startup otherwise um season coming up as well as making sure your teams are ready to go in the off season. So, so Katie week 13, it's a little bittersweet, but you know what we got here and uh, they said, you know, 17 weeks for the NFL, 256 games and let's get her in. And sure enough, we so far 100% participation and attendance awards in effect. And that goes for fantasy too. I remember in July and August, we were talking on multiple shows about what, what sort of triggers and secondary plans should we have in place? MFL puts out their doomsday plan of if you only play five games or seven games or 11 games, and we didn't need any of that. Here we are, we're getting to the fantasy playoffs and by all accounts, we're going to get it in. Yeah, it's been a heck of a ride and kind of surreal. There's been, I, I hate Tuesday games. I already can tell you that. And I hate how many, waiting. How many is I this? Hate, two of them or three of them? Uh, three, I think. Okay. Two at least because two within the last week. And I think there was one earlier in the season. But it, it especially this week, everybody's jonesing to see if they made the playoffs. If you're a cusp or bubble team and – you don't have the results until the end of Tuesday's game. It's, it's like just an extra day of sweat. Yeah. And this week, again, you got to get the playoffs ready. And like you said, you kind of want to know if you're in or out and it doesn't seem like this is going to be the type of week where you get your, uh, you get your 
uh, waiver wire pushback. So that means, well, I mean, a lot of people run on Wednesdays and, you know, we had the Wednesday game, which pushed a lot of things to Thursday for folks, uh, which was, you know, a real interesting week, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, so I usually set my waivers on Tuesday and it just, it makes it a little clunkier, uh, in terms of setting it. And, uh, you're kind of looking ahead and you may not have all the resources that are up to date for the, the following week already. Yeah. And the other thing you mentioned it very, very quickly in passing, but I don't want to understate the extra work this puts on commissioners. Now they've got to basically condense into an extra day, setting up all the playoff brackets. Most of the time, MFL, even if you do the auto settings, they don't, you've got to double check everything. So it takes some time. Be patient with your commissioners out there. You've got waivers, you've got the playoff brackets and extra condensed time zone. Yeah. And, and that makes tomorrow Wednesday. And that's when a lot of people probably will be listening to the show. Uh, that makes that a critical day. And, and yeah, I think you mentioned it in passing, but give, give the commissioners a little extra, extra rope. And especially I would say as a commissioner, you know, it might not be a bad year to say, Hey, someone else, you know, give this a, you know, a, a scrubbing on your own as well. Like, let's make sure let's cross our T's and dot our I's that we're going to uh, you know, that we're going to make sure we have it right because you don't have a lot of time to adjust and it may affect people doing waivers this week, you know, because if you're, you're not setting lineups anymore, uh, the kicker and the defense don't apply as much as, as if you are setting lineups and you have those applicable positions. So, uh, you know, having two people say, Hey, let's check the, make sure we got the tiebreaker set up and, you know, the seating and, and, uh, you know, make sure, you know, if you're reseeding in the second round and, all of those things in advance. And uh, like I said, just basically a critical 24, 48 hours here. Make sure we're good to go because it's a pivot point. And, and, and frankly, um, after this point, it's a lot easier because you have less and less teams involved by the week. Um, so I mentioned we're going to be discussing sort of mindset stuff. And we, I actually had a great email from a listener, subscriber, super fan on, uh, on some topics. And it really was a lot of things that, you know, once I, once I passed along the, uh, the note and the questions to Katie, it was like, yeah, you know, we were all kind of on the same page of this is, this is kind of a, an easy quote unquote, easy week to say, well, what's the show plan? You know, not that we have specific show plans, but it's, it's that, everyone's kind of thinking the same thing, which is we're seeing if you're in the playoffs, you're out of the playoffs and, you know, bye week, et cetera. And then it's, well, well, what now, you know, and things kind of shift to some degree. So let's go over, uh, well, I, I guess open-ended Katie, what, what is your mindset difference here? Let's say you are in the playoffs. So what is the very first one or two things now you're looking for this week when you're setting your lineup, you're also exploring waivers, but is this week or how does it differ from five, eight weeks ago? Yeah, so there were some more injuries and there's more COVID that is going to kibosh rosters and you've got to pay attention to every last injury detail and if the player is speculated to possibly miss some time and their backup is still available. Now is when you've got a, you've got nothing left in the tank. You've got to spend the last year waiver bucks and, and possibly even if your trade deadline hasn't passed or if you still have uh, trading available, if there's some non-contenders and they've got any waiver bucks left over, they may be dropping kickers and defense and stashing players, which is something they should do. And we'll talk about that a little bit more when we come to what do you do if you're a non-contender. But 
On the other hand, as a contender, you can trade a player that they may like and get some waiver bucks for somebody that can help you if you're still uh, not with a trade deadline. I'm in, I'd say half my leagues, the trade deadline has passed and the other half, there's either no trade deadline or it's this week. Yeah. And what do you think about that? Do you think the start of the playoffs is a healthy compromise between say week 11 or 12 or something on the earlier side and no deadline at all? It's a healthy compromise. I still like to see no deadline, but it's, it's better than week 11, random, random week 11 or random week 12. Yeah. And maybe it's more this year, or maybe just we're more sensitive to noticing every little thing. <laughs> you know, we're a little more uh, dynasty league on edge about every little thing that's going on. But it seemed like this year, week 11 was definitely too early with too many teams. I mean, you might look and say, there's 10 teams that are still in it at week 11 and coming down the wire. And so it's like, you know, that's a little more ambiguous on should I push in or push out because you might have one or, two te- one or two spots for five teams at that point. And it's a little too ambiguous to say, well, you really, as a contender or someone in that bucket, your target audience of acquiring production would be just a couple teams at the bottom of the barrel because the other teams are right there competing shoulder to shoulder with you. And so it seems like, I mean, man, back that up to 12 or 13 And again, you're still fine. I think if the thing you're trying to prevent is a team in the playoffs, some catastrophic injury, let's say, or, you know, something changes to where there's some backup running back that ends up being a glorious play and and workhorse projection. And, and now you can trade for that player as a contender in week 15, specifically for week 16. If they're trying to prevent that, and I think you've mentioned before, that also helps out the team not contending, right? I mean, because yeah. they can trade that player for a higher pick than they probably would be able to in January, you know, when they turn back into a opportunity pumpkin. And, and yeah. it also, so, it, so, it, so the, the team selling, you're pretending like they're selling it for nothing. Like just, just, oh yeah, you can have them. I can't use them. So go for it. Um, it's not like that. I mean, you're, you're still hurting teams out of it because they could still be on the receiving end of have assets to help them in the future that they prefer over guys that would obviously be playoff centric or playoff used by the contenders. Yeah. The only, the only thing the the downside of having no trade deadline, and I've said this before, but it's been a while. If you allow a team to sell out a contending team to sell out all their youth, all their picks, everything in order to compete and win this year, Anybody that finishes as champion should not be able to go into a dispersal draft the following year and just reshuffle their team because, or even if they were in the playoffs in the top six, I don't even like to have the top six shouldn't be in a dispersal draft. If, if the trade, if there is no trade deadline and you're trading everything in order to make it, and then you don't, that's even worse to be able to let you off the hook and put you in a dispersal because then you could just keep doing it every year. Yep. And again, especially if you don't have mechanisms of a, uh, some sort of deposit for trading picks, you get the team that trades their first away to supplement their run or they consolidate down, then they win or don't win the league, whatever. But now they don't have much depth. Uh, maybe they have some older players 
and now they have no picks. And then they're like, well, all right, I finished second or I finished third or I finished first or fifth or whatever it was. And it's like, well, took my chance. I took my redrafty, push it all in sort of chance and didn't get it. So now I'll, I'll go off and start some new, new opportunity in a different league. And now you're kind of stuck with the mess because, you know, they traded their first round pick in week, week 14. So, um, all right. So let's, I mean, we can, that's a whole show and I think we've talked about it before. Um, so what would be, uh, just to go through these questions. So talking about the playoffs and let's discuss the lineup itself because we do one show a week. So it's not like we're going to record a, a Saturday night or Sunday morning show specifically talking about lineups. Uh, so what's your, maybe point out if there's not much of a difference between what you do regular season versus what you're going to do the next three weeks with your own lineup setting. Uh, but so go over it overall, if there's not much difference or highlight the differences. There really isn't a lot of difference. Um, you always want to put your best foot forward. The only time that I would say that there's a difference is if you're a big underdog and you need to make some big swings, breaking the tie with the most upside versus if you are, are the, the person that is favored by a lot, taking a slightly more conservative approach. But by then you're probably loaded, so your conservative is somebody right. else's swing. Your conservative is just kind of doing what you do most <laughs> weeks and going, you know what, I'll, I'll take my swings with, with my guys or my, my sort of 1.0 lineup. Yeah. And, and I, would point out, well, I would point out this. So in, I would say be cautious, though, in the like, oh, man, I'm a big, like having a overarching strong take of I'm a huge favorite or I'm a huge underdog in the playoffs because you are dealing with the generally top half of the league or top four or, a, again, a subset where unless there was an injury or a, a team that was kind of, you know, squandering its way, you know, if that, you know, they lost three out of four, but they still made the playoffs. They're reeling. They've got some, some things going on, or you've got a super hot team that right now they've got all the it girls, you know, they've got, they've got everything that's sort of smoking hot and they've got maybe a, some good matchups. I mean, so I would say the whole, I'm a big underdog or big uh, favorite reserve that for more extreme cases. It, right. And that I, I did, specify that it's got to be a big underdog or a big favorite, uh, which a lot of times you're, you're probably not going to get unless somebody really is just devastated with injury. And that's what you do. You just look at their lineup and see, did they pick up anybody off the waiver wire that can fill for these injuries, anticipate who they're going to play. But the one thing that I do all season and I do specifically in the playoffs is leave yourself a later game out. If you've got a guy that's questionable and he's in a later game, make sure that you've got somebody else that you can plug in if that guy doesn't go. If that's prevent, who you're going to have. Prevent, like, prevent the doomsday, Evans, right? What? Prevent the doomsday scenario. Right. So let's say that you've got Mike Evans and he's questionable in the 325 time slot. Rather than start all your noontime guys – just make sure that you've got somebody in that 325 or 425 or whatever it is, your time zone. Uh, make sure that you've got somebody that you can shift it to, whether it's a running back or a different position, or maybe they're the Monday night game. And that's, that's another thing. I don't like to play Monday night players. If two guys are fairly equal, I'm going to play the Sunday player yep. 
unless something happens and then I still have that Monday player to plug in. But unless I have a Monday night out, and sometimes you do, sometimes you've got two players from the same team and you can plug and play, you've got another possibility. But with COVID especially, that can happen at the last second and all of a sudden they're out. If you don't have a backup plan already on your roster, then you're handcuffing yourself. Yeah, and one exception would be maybe you're going against the best team in the league. You know, that you're like, I got to take a big swing and this guy is my big swing, you know, and, and so I'll hang it out there on, on Monday uh, just because, and like you said, there has to, if there's a huge difference in what your other option is, and maybe you can't pick up a pivot uh, for even Sunday night, you know, sometimes even having that extra few hours on Sunday can be the, the five or 10% difference of, Oh, now I know this, you know, or a lot of times the day before you're going to get information from Monday for how things are trending. Um, so all those things are, are little tea leaves. Um, and I, I think those are, those are all good points in terms of when in doubt, you know, sort of lock in the, you know, this is a good start and the other one I would prefer, but it's not a huge difference. And again, I, I'm going to know one o'clock Sunday or whatever, you know, I'm going to have all the information that they're active, you know, that, that things are trending the right way where I'm just not going to have that on Sunday night or, or just a later kick. So, so really dive into that. All right. So here's the three players I'm kind of looking at that, you know, maybe I have questions with one or two. Now let's dig into when the kickoff is um, and all those other factors. Um, Another one, another question in this same vein is, you know, would you make any different lineup decisions based on your seed, whether, you know, you're with a buy, uh, if you're a low seed um, who plays in week 14, um, I would say he mentioned, you know, with lineup decisions, I would say, you know, and I mentioned this a couple weeks ago, your next meaningful game. So when you're looking at the waiver wire this week, if you have a bye week, again, week 14 is meaningless to you. You need to be looking at kickers, defenses for week 15. And I always say, don't worry. if Unless you have wiggle room roster spots, and you may. Uh, again, really think about, you know, is this running back going to start for me if the injury ahead of him occurs? And again, we're throwing out the subset of these are not dynasty players. These are redrafty holds that the moment you move to something else in the offseason, you're, you're going to do so. And... So if that running back still isn't going to start for you, then, you know, maybe that's something that you can take on multiple defenses uh, or multiple, you know, I typically go for the multiple, multiple defenses as opposed to multiple kickers because I want to align those. The kickers could get hurt. Also, um, I I feel like there's always closer uh, kickers available on the waiver wire that even through waivers, people aren't going to pick up. So that's not as big of a difference. But if you can only have one defense, don't go, well, I'm going to compromise week 15 and make sure I have the greatest matchup in week 16 history. No, get week 15 first and figure out week 16 then because how many teams are even going to be interested in a defense by then? The answer is not many. So they may already have their defense. You may just walk into the line and there's no one there. (laughs) <laughs> for to pick up whoever you want after week 15 and again worry about the championship game when you get there and you know don't do something drastic with your roster spots because you feel have to, you have to get everything perfect so this is independent exactly. of if you have a churn spot to again set the whole scene because you may not even get there and you may not even need it and that would be a good problem to have be like oh, the week 15 matchup that that helped me win now you know it's horrible next week so i'm dropping that defense 
good problem to have. Guess what? You actually have something to do this week and uh, going heading into championship week uh, on your waiver wire. Yeah. So regarding whether you do anything different depending on your seed, I, I say no. You still you still put in your auto starts, the guys that have been Mr. Dependable for you, and then any decisions that you've got to make, make sure that your flex is the latest spot possible so that you can change it if you need to, especially if somebody gets hurt or is a last-minute scratch. But I did it this week for the first time in a long, long time, Chad, and you're going to be so disappointed in me, but I always say go with your gut. <laughs> we, my buddy and I, we're co-owning a team, and I've been setting the lineups for the most part, and then he's been double-checking it and you know commenting if need be. But I set the lineup and I had Cole Beasley in the wide receiver, like three or four spot. And I felt good about it. I did that on Sunday morning. (laughs) But then as the game is going on, we had a pretty big lead because we had Darren Waller. And I was like, okay, so that's good. Now it's going to come pretty close with how many they've got left and how many we've got left. And it's a double header and we've got to win at least one out of the two in order to make the playoffs. If we split we're in the playoffs. If we lose both, we're out of the playoffs. And so I activated Jerry Judy off the practice squad. And then the conundrum was Judy has been fairly consistent the last few weeks, but so has Cole Beasley. And then I started to overthink it. And I I even texted my uh, co-owner and he didn't respond. So I put in Judy and then he finally responded, oh, I would have put Judy in anyway. I was like, cool. And then... (laughs) Cole Beasley had 28 points and Judy had like three, but we're down to the wire with tonight's game. We'll find out, but it may still, still, so you're still not, so you're still not guaranteed two or one or zero. It's still, uh, we don't know yet, but the uh, bottom line is go with your gut. If you put in a guy, don't overthink it. Don't try to get cute. Um, yeah, I playoffs and I'll learn from that lesson. I mean, once a year something happens and and I always remember my own my own advice. Don't tinker, set it and forget it. Unless something comes up and an injury happens and you have to. But once you set your lineup, let it ride. Yeah, and and what I found is I I do a lot of like triple guessing, second guessing when I when largely my like and i i think i did this when there was uh no thursday night because thursday thursday i'll do my 1.0 lineups and so that's very pragmatic and it's very just i'm not gonna say off the cuff but it's like what's your first reaction you know like who are you starting right here you know and you're looking at matchups you're looking at players and and all this stuff but but then on sunday you know you get to 36 minutes before kickoff and you start going, eh, well, this guy, you know, and you've been stewing on it for two or three days or whatever, you know, some decision you were thinking back on Thursday. So I, I found that, and what I think I'm going to do is my, my full, I, I mean, on Thursday, I'll kind of look through and make sure, you know, make sure, do I need to have somebody in or out with, with the Thursday game, but taking a leisurely look on Saturday, and, you know, going through everything, but not having the, you know, kickoffs, not an hour away or whatever. And, but, but really, like, as you said, being resistant on right before kickoff or something like that changing outside of, okay, there's something drastic news wise that's shifting that really resisting the urge to do that. 
because I think that is the part that gets you in trouble because there's less, there's, there's more, let's say emotion and reactionary type stuff going on there. Whereas when you're removed from having a deadline, I think it's a, it's a more informed and maybe more organic, as you like to say, decision. Um, all right. Uh, next one. When, uh, what are things during the playoffs you typically ignore? So what is considered white noise to you? And maybe it's the same as the regular season, but what, what is white noise information? Um, things like if, if somebody, I guess if somebody's injured and they're questionable debating on the second wide receiver, like now they're going to be up against the number one defensive back and uh, game script, I probably won't get as many points, things like that. Um, it's nice to understand that and think about it, but don't let that stop you. Uh, like Carolina this week, they've got all their wide receivers are out except for Robbie Anderson. So does that mean that Robbie Anderson's going to have a big game because he's good really or bad? Be yeah. Target him and him and Christian McCaffrey are the only targets, so therefore they should be able to destroy. Or do you look at it as, well, now he's going to always be facing the best coverage. They can double team him. There's nobody else to take any pressure off. Right. So you can overanalyze and think about that kind of stuff. Uh, yeah. And again, just drive yourself crazy. Yeah, I would say um, I definitely, and this is more of a just as the season progresses thing, so I don't want to center this completely on the playoffs. It's more the more data points you have, the better it is that – um, I think matchups are important. Now, let me put this asterisk on there. For most of your lineup, the lineup, the, the uh, matchups don't really apply. So again, I, I would say this probably boils down to maybe a couple decisions you're making for your entire team. That it might be your flex, it might be two wide receivers and nobody else, it might be your final running back, it might be uh, your quarterback. You know, but overall, <laughs> uh, you know, and, and this is only an... Ex I would say pretty extreme cases like, oh, this is a great matchup or this one is a horrible matchup. A lot of stuff in the middle, you know, you're kind of just, uh, you know, going through the motions as you normally would. But for one or two spots in your lineup uh, around the playoffs that, you know, matchups are a factor, um, you know, and it's, you know, I put together the running back index, uh, running back matrix every week where, you know, it highlights later in the week, it highlights the matchups and, and all this stuff. And it's amazing. I go through and if it's not some like, oh, you know, it's a messy committee and we really have no idea what's going to happen or whatever, but it's, you know, the good matchups, I kind of think back when I look at it on, on Monday, cause I'm refreshing it for the new week. And I look back and I'm like, yeah, you know, like did they perform to their level or, or, or better than you would expect? And, you know, most of the time, like usually about 75, 80% of the time with the really great matchups, they do. And then when they have tough matchups, it's like, did they underwhelm? Yeah, they usually did, you know? So it's like, it doesn't mean you're shifting an auto start player from you better not have them in your lineup. It just means, you know, have, have pause, not pause, but you know, you're still starting your auto starts, but it also means the great matchups use that as a factor that may shift who you're running back to or flex is. And, and but that's really, I think where it applies or a tight end or quarterback where you maybe don't have a, a true auto start player. Um, all right. What do you think about weather games? We're getting into the winter. We already saw Cleveland. They started winter early um, with, with a few of their games back to back. But what do you think about over wind, snow, rain? Uh, what's your, what's your dynasty lineup take there? 
Well, I think that I'd rather have a kicker who's kicking in a dome than out yes. in a gusty, windy, rainy, snowy, blustery. Right. Uh, on the other hand, the defenses may stop teams more uh, and force field goals. So, I mean, it, it's kind of, I still would prefer if I'm going to choose between one kicker and another off the waiver wire, I, I'm going dome, sweet dome. And then regarding wide receivers in weather games, you think that it would be a detriment. It actually helps them because they can make their breaks. And a lot of times while they may slip a little bit, the defender is going to slip even more. They know where they're going. The defender. They know where they're going. Exactly. And uh, yeah, the ball is wet, but they've been playing, you know, since they were little kids in all kinds of weather. So yeah, for me, for me, it's gotta be really strong winds. And then maybe is what I would say. Yeah. Uh, the snow doesn't bother me. Rain slightly. Um, and then, so, I mean, and, and like you, you know, kickers, you know, you want the most pristine conditions possible because that's also going to give confidence in the team to go for a big 55 yarder that there's no chance they're trying that, you know, in horrific conditions, you know, most of the time. So just all those things. And again, these, these are peripheral things beyond the, the core of your team. Uh, what do you think about stacking players? Obviously, if you have multiple players from a, a strong team or a wide receiver and, and quarterback combo, uh, that, you know, it's not like you're going to separate them if you have Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams. Right. Uh, I'm not opposed to stacking players. In fact, I've done it at the running back position before. Um, this weekend, in fact, I had both Antonio Gibson and uh, McKissick yep. in my starting lineup because I figured McKissick, M- uh, McKissick has been, for the most part, getting his even when Gibson has gotten his. And as it turns out, Gibson got injured and McKissick got more time. Um, but and I've also seen, and I would only do that with guys that are putting up points, like Latavius Murray and Alvin Kamara. Murray's been getting his points. And uh, J.K. Dobbins and either Gus Edwards or whoever that you think, I'm not opposed to that if, if they're both capable of putting or uh, Hunt and Chubb. When you've got two running backs that are putting up pretty decent numbers, I've got no problem putting them both in the same lineup. It doesn't matter if they're on the same team. Yep. I mean, for me, I'm kind of making my lineup decisions. And if there's three players on the same team or four in the same game, whatever, Um, that's sort of how I look at it. I mean, that means I'm, I'm starting them because of my confidence and not I'm artificially pivoting to something else. Right. Um, All right. If if you're, we already kind of discussed this, but I'll I'll add one point. Uh, If you're, if you're an underdog by a large amount, um, how does that factor into your lineup construction? One thing I'll say is, uh, especially with maybe my final wide receiver spot or final flex or something, I, w- I am fine taking a big dart throw. Now, is that someone like a Sammy Watkins or Bercole Hardman, Henry Ruggs? I'm just getting maybe more best ball centric. I could see a 150-yard game uh, and a couple touchdowns, a big play that shifts things. Um, I, I'm willing to, if I know I'm a big underdog, I am at running back. I think it's harder to do that. I mean, you're pretty much going for, for volume. Could they get multiple touchdowns and, and goal line looks and all these things pretty much any starter could. So you're kind of going towards, towards, towards that route, but at wide receiver, if I don't have, you know, the, 
you know, two, three, four, however many I need uh, certified locked and load sort of starters. And I, uh, and I got a, I have a rotational spot. I am willing in those settings to go with a, a much more high variance, big play threat. Right. So if you can start two to four running backs and you've got a, you can start three to five wide receivers. If I'm the underdog by quite a bit, I'm probably going to do the minimum number of running backs, unless it's a Christian McCaffrey or somebody that's, you know, a no brainer stud, but I'm, I'm going to go with the highest upside wide receiver matchup, the highest upside wide receiver, you know, that could easily, I could see put up 30 points, 40 points. They may score a dud, but you're swinging at that point. You're swinging for the home run. Yep. I love that. All right. And we, we've been talking about contending. So let's flip to pretending and you're out of the playoffs. Obviously with a toilet bowl, you're still competing. So you have to be out of the toilet bowl or your team not have your, your league, not have a toilet bowl to be in this setting. But once you are done with your lineups, with playing this year, all you have is the waiver wire. And so if you've got, you're churning out, you know, maybe some guys that you were holding out are going to be starters for you, but now you're done. Or you have plays that are kicker and defense and you're churning those out. You have available spots. What's, what are some common strategies or common player profiles you are looking towards to fill said spots for the offseason? You're looking for guys that midseason somebody dropped and everybody has left for dead and forgotten about. Guys that like Damian Williams, Devin Funches, and also uh, undervalued rookies. Like, for example, look at, look at all the players that are going to be free agents uh, Kenyon Drake is going to be a free agent. So I'd be looking to see if Eno Benjamin is available. There was a lot of buzz on him in college. I think that, you know, hype is something that you can use to your advantage. You want guys that in the off season will be hyped before your rookie draft when somebody else signs somewhere else. And it depends on when your rookie draft is. If your rookie draft is before the NFL draft or before free agency, then you really, it's going to limit you on who you stash and who you select to stash. If your rookie draft is later in the season, anytime after the NFL draft and free agency, and then you know, as soon as somebody lands somewhere, somebody's going to rise in value and somebody's going to drop in value. And so you're just speculating who's going to be a riser so that you can flip them. You want to get players like Keyshawn Vaughn, Leonard Fournette as a free agent, and Ronald Jones has looked good, but he's not going to be the only running back. Keyshawn Vaughn was highly hyped. You may, in in some shallow leagues, you may find somebody has given up on him. Um, I've seen weirder things have happened. Uh, Devontae Freeman, Jarek McKinnon. I would look. I would be looking for running backs that could land somewhere else. Running backs tend to sell easier when it comes to hype rather than wide receivers. So any, anybody that could change status in the off season and that could also have clarity by the time you have your rookie draft so that if you need to drop them, you're not going to feel bad about it either. Yeah. And you just want to take shots. Like for example, Rex Burkhead, he's actually out on some waiver wires. He's a free agent. Where does he go? But we, we've seen him play. We've also seen him not be truly optimized by high snaps. So that could be in the works with, with a team that, that brings him in. 
Um, and that was one example. And then I wanted to highlight, again, you're, you're thinking about situations and, and I think you framed it well. And I would add, uh, I think one of the particularly interesting situations is Tampa Bay wide receivers. You have Chris Godwin, a free agent, Antonio Brown, a free agent. Basically, you have of the incumbents that are, are playing meaningful snaps right now, you have Mike Evans. And then you have Tyler Johnson, who's shown a little bit as a day three guy, really good metric prospect rookie. And then you've got Scott Miller, who was startable, a strong pickup earlier in the year. And yet I've seen people in recent weeks and specifically since Antonio Brown uh, was signed and now he is... Uh, now he's playing significant snaps. And basically Scott Miller is a bit part at best on this offense. So he may be on moderate or more shallow uh, waiver wires. And so those are two guys you're just taking a bet. One, both of them could be meaningful next off season and into the season that all you're looking for, like you said, is, is lottery tickets on if something, you know, in the first two, three months of the off season, is there a scenario or storyline that gets him to be relevant, flippable, or keepable? Because once you get to rookie draft time, you're going to need to pare down, and you may have IR spots that have to go active, and now you're paring down. So you're just looking for some chances, some lotto tickets. The odds are, I mean, maybe of all these type stashes that you make between the last three, four roster spots, maybe now an, an extra one, two, or three, of all those, you may keep one or two. You know, through your rookie draft and not cutting – you may keep one or two. So just know those odds and take guys that you think fit that criteria. You mentioned a few running backs. Um, I mentioned uh, Burkhead as well as these couple interesting guys in Tampa Bay as examples, but that's the sort of rabbit hole to follow. Free agency and also, uh, you know, he asked, you know, high pedigree underachievers, John Ross would qualify um, and others of just saying someone's going to take a shot on these underproducers, underachievers, and basically disappointments so far. And if they get out to your waiver wire, you may not be interested in week eight while you're trying to contend. But now week 13, 14, you may be interested because your season is complete. And I'll give you another name to look for. And a lot of this also goes along with the 2021 NFL draft. Because I've been in Debbie for so long, I know that this year's class is loaded at wide receiver. It's loaded at tight end. And it's loaded at quarterback for super flex. And so what position didn't I mention? Oh, yeah, running back. So Jamal Williams is a free agent as well as Aaron Jones. Jamal Williams can do it. And depending on his team that he lands on, he could immediately get some hype. But don't forget about A.J. Dillon either, who is an undervalued rookie. A lot of teams may be giving up on him. Even if he's not on the waiver wire, maybe you can trade a two-for-one or something uh, some guy that's getting a little bit more hype going into the offseason and pick up a guy like Jamal Williams or A.J. Dillon to stash because there's going to be a lot of rookie wide receivers that will be taking the spots of some of these free agents that will be moving to another team. Yeah, it's pretty loaded. I mean, we can talk free agency uh, as we get closer, but man, yeah, it's a, it's a pretty juicy, like there's five, six guys that could be certified number ones on a, on a depth chart at wide receiver in, in this year's free agency class. And there's frankly more openings uh, for wide receiver. And it's a good thing. You know, we got a strong class. We got some free agents because uh, it's not quite so rosy for running back openings. That's going to be more selective and more hotly contested as it has been in recent years with all the, the influx of, uh, of young backs kind of taking hold of meaningful jobs. Um, wanted to do a quick UTH best ball update here for the contest of subscribers. We've got uh, 
we've got Katie, Tim, Jordan, and myself in there as well. Uh, it looks like, again, we've got, we've got a game to play, so just announce it now. We've got uh, Dave Rounds... Oh, I mess it up every time. Runsville. I probably messed that up. Sorry, Dave, but I'm doing my best. And uh, it looks like he's going to take it down for this week. How did you do this week, Katie? It's uh, not, I've got Lamar Jackson tonight. I've still got several okay. players tonight, okay. but... Yeah, um, I'm like top 10, top 12 for the week. And do want to mention with Dave, uh, he's already got, I mean, man, what a showing for, for Derek Carr this week, Kirk Cousins. Finally got a good showing for Cam Akers. It's been few and far between, but he's heating up as well as Jonathan Taylor. He had both of them in lineups. Uh, Jarvis Landry has been on a relative heater. And you know what? I think almost all the top teams have someone uh, that scored 40, 50 plus, And that was Darren Waller in the contest uh, going for 58 this week with the premium scoring plus the two tight ends. We even got a little Cole Komet siding with a touchdown and five catches. Good to see him getting into the lineups for the UTH best ball contest. So um, we've got Dave coming from the ether. Uh, he's not in the running for uh, he's not in the running for the overall title uh, for this year in the contest, but what a big showing. And right now, again, with still some players out there, he is uh, the favorite uh, to win this week so we wanted to highlight and congrats to dave and overall katie right, I, would, I would imagine we are uh we're still probably going to be one and two as we get through this yeah you're going to catch you're going to catch me it's going to be close um, closer yeah yeah you're going to get closer but we'll but yeah see. we've got basically three or four people uh but once we get past this week and you're running out of days you're running out of days in this contest so three weeks i would say if you're within about 50 or 60, you probably got a shot. And if you're, if you're not, it's going to be really tough and you've got to have just the, the magical of all magical weeks. And, and frankly, of the players that uh, many top, top teams in the contest do not have so that you can actually separate that whole, uh, you know, uh, GPP DFS sort of take of you got to have a high variance players that uh, are low owned is what I would say. Um, any final thoughts, Katie, as we close up and uh, head on into the playoffs? Don't, don't pull a Katie and second guess yourself. <laughs> Just have fun. You've like, I've got 30 some odd leagues, two or three are best ball. So now that you've got teams going into the playoffs, it narrows the field on how many lineups that you're going to have to set. And after the, the first week of the playoffs, it's even more focused on that one or two teams or however many that you've got in there set them and walk away and don't even look at them while the games are going on. Um, don't drive yourself crazy. <laughs> yeah. My one exception will be like, if you get all the way to championship week, you know, I might have the, the Monday night game on and, and kind of know what I need or don't need. Uh, and that's literally the last week and the last game of the entire uh, dynasty season there. Um, so great stuff. Uh, I, I love these kind of, you know, we're not specifically talking about players. It's a lot of macro and uh, cerebral uh, dynasty owner type stuff. Um, so love, you know, when we're actually able to do in season and, and, and very specific times of the calendar uh, to be able to talk about these types of topics. 
And I uh, will mention, uh, also, I did mention at the top of the show, other than subscribing as a UTH General Manager Plus subscriber, uh, also support the show. Go to uh, patreon.com slash UTH. Got Tim Torch and I talking waiver wire every week. And in the off season, obviously, we're blending in a lot of team building discussions and, and topics. And we mix that in weekly in season, but we also make sure you are covered with the waiver wire. There's a, an exclusive VIP chat room as well as a weekly in season. And uh, we'll do at least monthly in the off season, uh, private uh, VIP only uh, discussion for strategy every single week. Usually it's on Wednesday nights uh, that we've been kind of, uh, it could be a lot more flexible in the off season though. And uh, so that's with me and uh, a lot of the best dynasty owners on the planet from the UTH population there. And it's patreon.com slash UTH. So you can find Katie at FF underscore Skylar 399. I am at Chad Parsons NFL. Until next time, never settle, refuse to be average and keep building those dynasties. Royce Freeman, no, no, no. Like it just it reminds me of like like every like every time I'm like, oh well, you know, it's twenty-eight man rosters. Like, no, I need to keep them out over Alfred Morris. And it's like, no, Consuela says no, no, no. It's like you you have like a three-week window of a primary backup on another team. Like, just just cut the cord. And I am so scared, Jordan, that like I'm gonna cut him and someone's this is completely irrational. And someone's gonna pick him up and I will never get another look at him in that league again. And then Guess what? He's going to turn into a huge thing this year, next year, after someone holds all the way to next year and he's in an injury away backup scenario, then the injury comes week four and the owner held him this whole time and Chad knew it. He loves Royce Freeman and he gave up on his dude for the value of a roster spot all the roster Alfred Morris and then eventually his third round rookie pick. You're a, not a true fan. You're a dirty, dirty, fair weather Royce Freeman follower. Anyone could have done what he did, and you bailed at the critical moment when you had to hold over other low injury away guys, and then you drafted a guy in the third round of your rookie draft. How dare you, instead of holding for another 12 months just to play that? No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> like, ser- Jordan, seriously, can be total level-headed logical. It's stupid to hold Royce Freeman, yes or no. 